0: Yappy program on WVNN.
1: So reflecting on the day's events yesterday, the Trump arraignment. I think it was like it was yesterday evening. You know, I was thinking about the news of the day, other stuff on my mind, and it just kind of hit me how scary this is for the future of the country. And I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not trying to be hyperbolic or or something. I'm not I'm not trying to uh I'm not trying to really scare people or have a hot take. It really hit me how scary it is that we could have a justice system that will go after their political enemies just because they're on the other side of the aisle or whatever. It really made me fearful. We, we kind of look at this stuff sometimes from an academic standpoint. We're observing. It's kind of there, but it doesn't really affect us in our daily lives. Now, a lot of the news does seem to affect our daily lives more and more now. COVID was that way. You look at gas prices, inflation, that affects our daily lives. But something like this, it's kind of like you talk about it, but it's not. It's just kind of out there. But to me, it's not. Because Trump, okay, he's indicted. Everyone's looking at this and says, this case is weak. I'm not a legal expert. We're going to have legal experts on the show today, a couple of them. But both sides are basically saying this is kind of a sham indictment. Yet it still happened. For the first time ever in our history, we still had a prosecutor who knowing, he had to have known, right? This was a sham, was willing to do this. And I'm thinking, okay. I get behind a microphone. I talk faith, culture, politics, Alabama all the time. I talk about these issues. What if they go after me like that someday? I don't have the resources of a Trump. I don't, I. you know, what, do, what, what does someone like me do or you listening right now for your political beliefs if you have to worry about the justice system? Isn't that a scary thought? I mean are we re- is it really sunk in for a lot of people that this is kind of unprecedented and this is very worrisome not just for the future of the country as a whole but a whole but like individuals like me like do we have to worry about this? I don't think I'm being too extreme here. I really don't. What's going on and we'll, we'll talk more about this get into some of the legal details, you know, I'm not I'm not a lawyer so I can't be an expert on all that, but I Tend to think I'm pretty decent at looking at the big picture, and that was the big picture I, I kind of noticed. And it, it just hit me; it, it hit me yesterday, and I was like, "Man, this is this is really not good." So we'll talk more about that. Like I said, you are listening to the Yaffe Show, the show where you can count on the latest news, the important guest and the best analysis all for your morning commute here on NewsTalk 770 AM 92.5 FM WVNN copper is back today she'll have watch trending coming up later good morning copper how are you
2: morning it was nice sleeping in yesterday but uh yeah
1: back to the good stuff <laughs> but nicer to be with me <laughs> That's right? Right. yes okay <laughs> okay but yeah so you will but you will have watch trending Indeed. later on. sounds Indeed. good sounds good um so by the way uh just couple of notes on who's coming on the show today. Former U.S. Attorney Jay Towns is going to join me at the bottom of the hour, give us the legal expertise. Then in the next hour, we're going to speak with John Malcolm. He is a legal expert with the Heritage Foundation. So we'll get into all of that. But on the Trump indictment, I want to get your take. Has it really hit you that how serious this is? Tell me on the text line 925 494 9866 925 494 WVNN. We all know the details. Trump was arraigned yesterday, 34 counts of basically false documentation in business documents. They move it up to a felony because they said it was done in order to cover up a felony. But then the indictment doesn't mention the felony that apparently this was trying to cover up. So how in the world can you have a system where you don't even know the crime you're being charged with? That was the biggest hole that a lot of people were pointing out, and it's it's exactly right. Uh, the judge should throw this out. If we had a common-sense judge in this case, if we had a common-sense legal system, the judge would throw this out immediately. Uh, real quick, Copper, uh, just to kind of give people a recap, let's get to some of the audio. It was uh, DA Alvin Bragg was the one who brought these charges. He actually showed up for the arraignment in court yesterday, which is kind of rare, I guess, in cases where the DA like actually shows up, it's usually prosecutors that are directly involved. But he also gave a press conference afterward. Go and play uh, the first Alvin Bragg cut. I sent you cover.
3: Donald Trump was arraigned on a New York Supreme Court indictment returned by a Manhattan grand jury on 34 felony counts of falsifying business records in the first degree. Under New York state law, it is a felony to falsify business records with intent to defraud. 34 false statements made to cover up other crimes. These are felony crimes in New York State, no matter who you are. We cannot and will not normalize serious criminal conduct. The defendant repeatedly made false statements on New York business records. He also caused others to make false statements. The defendant claimed that he was paying Michael Cohen for legal services performed in 2017. This simply was not true. For nine straight months, the defendant held documents in his hand containing this key lie, that he was paying Michael Cohen for legal services performed in 2017. And he personally signed checks for payments to Michael Cohen
1: So that's the first cut, kind of a montage of what he said. As I mentioned, throughout the show, we're going to kind of debunk this from a legal standpoint, but it's the second cut that I, I really find interesting. So go ahead and play Alvin Bragg cut two, where he talks about how this is a felony. Here it is.
3: Mr. Cohen and others agreed in 2015 to a catch and kill scheme. That is a scheme to buy and suppress negative information to help Mr. Trump's chance of winning the election. Less than two weeks before the presidential election, Michael Cohen wired $130,000 to Stormy Daniels' lawyer. That payment was to hide damaging information from the voting public.
1: So they're making the claim that this is a violation of federal law because by paying Stormy Daniels in this way, you were you didn't label it as a campaign contribution so you were trying to hide it and that's against campaign finance laws that's the basis of all by the way that is not mentioned in the indictment that crime is not even mentioned in the indictment he mentions it there but not in the actual indictment which says a lot but the fc as i've said before you already know this but I'll, i'll just repeat the fec didn't go down this road the justice department didn't go down this road so you're stretching Based on some kind of legal theory that you've come up with in your head that has never been prosecuted in this way. When you make a hush payment, you have to prove that it's only for the election in order to make this a felony in this case. But someone who makes a hush payment, who's a public figure, can have many different motives on why they do it. They don't want to embarrass Melania, for instance. He doesn't. Want to embarrass himself, his business. They tried to do this with John Edwards, a Democrat, years ago, and it didn't work for the same reasons. Yet they're trying to do it this case, but it's not even the federal government trying to do it. It's a New York DA stepping out and saying he's doing it. He's twisting in order to just get to Trump. That, that's disturbing, is it not? I mean, to do it in this way, and people were like, oh, wait for all the facts. Well, the facts came out, and it was exactly what we thought. And it was actually worse. Most legal experts are saying it's worse. Uh, Donald Trump responded to all of this. Go and play uh, the montage of Trump that I sent you.
4: The only crime that I have committed is to fearlessly defend our nation from those who seek to destroy it. They attacked me with an onslaught of fraudulent investigations. Russia, Russia, Russia. Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. Impeachment hoax number one. Impeachment hoax number two, the illegal and unconstitutional raid on Mar-a-Lago. Our elections were like those of a third world country. And now this massive election interference at a scale never seen before in our country, beginning with the radical left George Soros-backed prosecutor Alvin Bragg of New York, As it turns out, virtually everybody that has looked at this case, including rhinos and even hardcore Democrats, say there is no crime and that it should never have been brought. Never have been brought. Everybody. It's an insult to our country as the world is already laughing at us for so many other reasons, like our open borders, our incompetent withdrawal from Afghanistan, where we left behind American citizens, $85 billion worth of the best military equipment in the world. In the wings, they've got a local racist Democrat district attorney in Atlanta who is doing everything in her power to indict me. This fake case was brought only to interfere with the upcoming 2024 election, and it should be dropped immediately, immediately. (laughs)
1: You know, Trump is no saint, but everything he said there is exactly right. And this does mean, too, that no one's going to trust the justice system. If we ever have a former president or a president really do something horrendous and break a crime, no one's going to trust it. You can weigh in on the hot take text line. We do have the Alabama bullet points coming up next. I want to tell you about the sponsor real quick, though, Automation Personnel Services. The economy, pretty crazy right now. We're not sure if a recession is coming. We're not sure if inflation is going to go up. We're not sure what the job market's going to look like in just the next couple of months. Right now, businesses are having a hard time finding workers. Well, if your business demands change, you know, the demands for your business change throughout the year, and you need staffing solutions to help productivity for your business here in the Huntsville area, you know who to call one of the one of the largest staffing agencies in the entire country, Automation Personnel Services. They're highly awarded, and they have been here since 1993. You can definitely trust the work that they do. Call them today. Get help for your business. 256 533 5627. 256 533 5627. Walk ins are always welcome in their office off Highway 72 West in Madison. They can scale your workforce to meet demand, lower labor costs, reduce those overtime expenses, and improve. Productivity. If you're looking for a job, by the way, um, they're hiring as well. APSTemps.com. They are looking for temp, temp to hire, and direct hire positions. Automation Personnel Services. APSTemps.com. When you contact them, as always, you make sure to tell them Yaffe sent you. Much more to get to. Back in just a sec.
0: You're listening to Yaffe on WVNN.
1: Welcome back to the Yappy Program. A couple of people texting in their reaction to the Trump indictment arraignment yesterday. One person said the ruling party cannot and should not use the police state to arrest its opponents. That's the stuff of banana republics. Are we there? Has America already become a banana republic? I hope not, but I don't know. Another person said one named Spiro Agnew. Um, yeah, that was someone who was kind of similar to this prosecuted for this years ago uh, vice president all right let's uh get into the alabama headlines right now have the alabama bullet points
0: alabama bullet points today's headlines from around the Yellowhammer state
1: sponsored by larry's pistol and pawn number four today senate pro tem greg reed says he's now open to the idea of ending the state's sales tax on groceries I wrote about this yesterday at yellowhammernews.com. Now he said these comments during an appearance on Alabama Public Television's Capital Journal. He said, "Quote, it impacts and affects everyone, every area of this state, whether it's rural, whether it's urban." Reed uh, said that he is encouraging all the members of the Senate to look at it, to think about it. He thinks the discussion is a good thing. Now, he did not come out and endorse any specific plan. He did not come out and endorse actually cutting the grocery tax or eliminating it. But he said the talks are happening. That's because of the surplus funds. You could interpret this as a good thing because it shows momentum is going in that direction. Or you could say it's not strong enough. Wish you would come out and endorse it. So, so we'll see what happens. Number three today, Alabama's mayors get behind Governor Kay Ivey's economic plan. She's calling it the Game Plan. It's an economic incentives package designed to reauthorize, expand, and modernize the ways Alabama attracts and develops businesses. Now, the proposed legislation will be centered on development criteria, including increasing the amount of incentive funds given to businesses and creating more sites for businesses to relocate. It will also help in expanding innovation in tech industries, investing in rural areas, and supporting veteran women and minority-owned small businesses. Now, what Ivy said about this is, quote, Alabama is a great place to do business, but we can't rest on our laurels. It says, as we compete with our neighboring states and states across the country to attract top-tier businesses and industry, we must ensure that we maintain an environment where businesses and their employees can thrive. So this most likely will pass, although... Rightfully so. Some people think this is just more corporate welfare. Number two today. uh, Apparently, there is a bill that is being filed by an Alabama Democrat that would charge parents if their child brings an unsecured gun to school. A bill has been filed in the Alabama House that seeks to enhance school security and safety. Now, it's being filed by Representative Barbara Drummond. It's a legislation that would make it a Class C felony for a parent if their child brings an unsecured firearm to school. It'd be Class C felonies in Alabama can carry up to 10 years in prison. Now, Drummond said students deserve the right to be educated in a safe environment. Quote If guns are brought onto school campuses and it's proven the weapon was taken from a parent's home automobile and the weapon was not secured, parents ought to be held responsible. It's time to hold parents, guardians, responsible for not securing these weapons. Be interesting to see where this goes because it does make a lot of sense. But anytime you do anything that could infringe on the Second Amendment, according to some Republicans, might get some pushback. And number one today, Tommy Tuberville makes a statement on the Trump arraignment. This is what he said, quote, yesterday was a sad day for our country. President Trump has faced witch hunt after witch hunt since the moment he came down the escalator at Trump Tower. He continued on, said progressives in the media, the government, and the courtroom have tried relentlessly and unsuccessfully to stop him. The liberal activist district attorney in Manhattan should spend more time going after actual criminals in his own city than investigating former presidents in Florida. This is an unacceptable abuse of our justice system. So he's talked about this before, released that statement this morning. I know other... Members of the Alabama delegation have been saying basically the same thing. Now, as you know as well, Tuberville has already endorsed Trump for president. So in the primary, he's already supported Trump. We spoke to Barry Moore recently, Congressman Barry Moore. He's already endorsed Trump for president. So obviously Republicans are united behind Trump, at least in this case, as they should be, because it's just, it's just pretty ridiculous. This segment of the program brought to you by Larry's Pistol and Pond. If you go today, lots of different things you can shop for. I keep mentioning how big the facility is. I mean, if you ever go down 565 and you look at the exit, exit 3, you see the big building. I mean, it's hard to miss, 18,000 square feet. Of course, it's right next to that big rusty water tower. There's a reason why it's so big because they have a lot to sell. They have a lot of firearms used and new. They have a lot of ammunition. They have clothing and other items, miscellaneous items, and of course, the best in jewelry, jewelry. So much so that they've had to add display cases because they have so much to sell and gold and diamonds, necklaces, rings, so much more at Larry's Pistol and Pond, plus the best customer service. Oh, in the back, too, they have Larry's Firearm Collection Museum. So it's a really cool place to go, even just just for fun, just to look around. So go today. You can go to the website, pistolandpond.com. There is another location in Huntsville off Memorial Parkway. pistolandpond.com. Pistolandpond.com. Make sure to tell them, Yaffe sent you. Town joining us next here on the Yappy program
0: the yappy program
1: so you know what's really troubling about this case as well is i think alvin bragg knows the case is weak he's either really dumb maybe he is but i part of me thinks he knows but doesn't care because in his mind trump is worse than al capone or worse than satan or something so if he can twist the law in some way to get Trump, in his mind, well, that's the ultimate good. It doesn't matter this case is weak. The ultimate good is what's matter, which is the opposite of what blind justice is supposed to be and why our justice system was built the way it was to protect individuals from people like this. And now it's being used against those individuals. Talk more about this. We're speaking right now with former U.S. attorney Jay Town. Jay, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Hey, how you doing? Good. So I uh, just wanted to get your legal expertise on all this. Well,
5: <laughs>
1: man, where to begin? <laughs>
5: right. um, I, I, here's, here's what I can tell you. So here, here's what I think is most important. Right. So whether you are a Trump fan or you're a Republican considering voting for someone else, um, I think that what what is most striking to me, we'll talk about the indictment and, and the holes in it and the lack of transparency in it in a moment. But two points that I want to make to your audience that I find to be the most troubling and perhaps the most important about Alvin Bragg's indictment here. First is, he has put in jeopardy all of the cases in Manhattan. And cases, indeed, are around the country that are being brought that are legitimate cases because his prosecutorial, prosecutorial discretion was not just in his mind whether he can prove the case beyond a reasonable doubt or not. Let's say he believes that he can. But it's that that this prosecution, the way it looks, the way it appears, um, the lack of virtue that it brings to the justice system actually jeopardizes the justice system, the trust and the faith and the confidence that the populace must have in our justice system in order for our, our, uh, our justice system to work and really for our democracy to work, which brings me to the, the, the next point, which is we lecture the world when governments jail their political enemies. We talk to them about the virtues of of democracy and democratic rule and, and, and self-rule and the rule of law. And we can no longer, after what Alvin Bragg has done, we can no longer trumpet the virtues of democracy around the world in those particular situations, because there's at least now a perception. There's something that those countries can point to, the same way that when we lecture you know, uh, countries about nuclear proliferation, they lecture, point fingers right back to us, or we lecture them about the Uyghurs, and they point back to us about slavery, right? Now we've lost the high ground, on, um, jailing your political enemies under the guise of the justice system. And I, I feel like those two points, those are incredibly important, institutional points, fabric of our, of our, of our country, of our Republic. And, and Alvin Bragg, who's not a real prosecutor, um, you know, he's a flake. But at the same time, this flake has had a a deep impact on cases around the country, not just in Manhattan. It's certainly a legitimate question in Manhattan to to wonder if the system there is targeting folks instead of misconduct. But is that going to materialize or matriculate to Alabama or Florida or California or New Mexico, into our federal system, into our military justice system? So those are important uh, equities that I do not think that Alvin Bragg considered. And I'm not sure he has the intellectual capability to even follow along with our conversation here. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm not sure about that either. I've heard that there are people under him that might be kind of orchestrating a lot of this because he's not a very smart person. I don't, I, you know, I don't know, but, um, do you think the judge should just throw this out? Well, I mean, look,
5: so here,
1: here's what, and, and look, I, president trump
5: former president trump would do well to just maybe not do speeches like he did last night anymore and and i say i say that because there is a process now as much as we maybe can agree that the 34 count indictment is bogus they have to play it through the process now to show that it's bogus and so Trump doesn't need to go and rag on the judge or his family or the prosecutor or, you know, anything that's going on in Manhattan with its you know high crime rates and their no bail and their Soros funded district attorney. What he needs to talk about is what my lawyers are going to do to prevail. And so there's a lot of motions to mi- to dismiss uh, these charges. Remember, it's 34 counts, but they're all the same count. They're all the same. Every one of them. Are the same count. He basically took the invoice and then the voucher and then the check and made a count for each one of those those payments that were made in installments uh, to Michael Cohen. I think you know $35, forty thousand dollars a payment, whatever. Uh, and so that happened thirty four times, and and that's where we get thirty four counts. If he had just paid Cohen one with one uh, dollar amount, one check, um, you know, there'd be one count. Or maybe there'd be three because he would have charged the invoice, the voucher, and the check. What's amazing about the invoice is the invoice is coming from Cohen, not Trump. That's the bill, just for your listeners. Cohen's sending the Trump trust, the Trump organization, a bill for legal services. And then they draft up a voucher, and then they sign a check to pay it. Just how you pay a bill. And so they've charged Michael Cohen... Uh, Michael Cohen's sending the bill uh, on Trump, not on Cohen, but on Trump. Right. Trump had wow. nothing to do with, uh, you know, billing the Trump organization. And I guess Cohen could have billed him, you know, 80 times instead of 11. And, and took a lesser amount. Huh. Um, and so it really is. And then the statute of limitations is an issue, um, you know, in the proof part that would have to happen at a trial. Um, but in the proof part, there are so many defenses to all of this, um, that it would be over, I think fairly quickly. Um, but I also don't think, you know, remember Trump paid all of this money out of his personal account. Yes. It went through the Trump organization because he had to put all of his personal wealth into a trust when he was sworn in as president. Remember all these checks were signed in 2017 after he'd been sworn in and so they were all paid out of his personal accounts they were not business expenses they weren't deducted from the trump organization business because the money came out of his checking account they didn't come out of the trump organization checking account they came out of donald trump's checking account or more likely his his trust checking account when you have that amount of wealth you don't just have an atm card and so uh at the end of the day, it has to be a business record to even be a crime and so there's just there's so much here you know uh one more thing i wanna i wanna share, and I know you have a bunch of questions, and I don't mean to ramble here <laughs> you're not because a, this indictment rambles more than i it's
1: been enlightening actually um, so <laughs>
5: well it's, it's in in February of two thousand eighteen. So a year after the first check was cut to to Michael Cohen, Michael Cohen said this to the New York times, neither the Trump organization nor the Trump campaign was a party to the transaction with Ms. Clifford, Stormy Daniels, and neither reimbursed me for the payment either directly or indirectly. The payment to Ms. Clifford was lawful and was not a campaign contribution or a campaign expenditure by anyone. Now, what Cohen is doing there is he's parsing the 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 his words a little bit, but the Trump organization, the money did not come from the Trump organization or from the Trump campaign. It came from Donald J. Trump personally, and, and that's true. I don't. You, nobody can argue that's not true. And so, you know. For Cohen to then go into the grand jury and say whatever he has said, that statement that I just read to you in the New York Times can be really hard for a jury to square.
1: You know, I, I, I have to go back to what you said, though, about Michael Cohen was the one billing Trump here. So how can Trump be accused of falsifying a record if the record was made by Michael Cohen? That that right. astounds right. me. Well-
5: What Cohen is going to say is that Trump directed him to send those bills. And so now a conspiracy has not been charged here. So without a conspiracy charge, you can't you can't blame someone for the criminal activities of somebody else. Um, And so that's again, that's part of Alvin Bragg, maybe not quite knowing how to prosecute a case because he's never had to do one before. He's been a defense lawyer his whole life. Nothing wrong being a defense lawyer, but there's a difference between poking a hole in a case and building one. Right. And so, um, it, you know, there's there's just so much to, there's, there's sort of the fulcrum of the case, Yaffe, is this meeting in 2015 between Cohen and David Pecker, who is the, I don't know, the editor at National Enquirer, and Trump, where Cohen says, I'm going to help you. Uh, Trump tells him he's running for president. And um, Pecker and Cohen say, well, we'll help you however we can. And and so, you know, but it you know, when these payments took place right at the end of the campaign, here's the other important thing that's being lost. Right. So Alvin Bragg, Trump won. So, sure, that's a fact. He won. Nobody thought. Let's be honest. We were all a little bit surprised. Yeah. yeah. Right. Very elated. (laughs) I was I was hysterically happy. But. At the same time, you know, to say that these payments were were directed to help the campaign um, as opposed to helping Trump's brand, which is probably the most important thing to Trump, Trump's business enterprise, or to, to shield this from his family, Melania and Barron and the rest of his kids, that seems a lot more plausible. And, and, and let me tell you why. Here's a, here's a real good reason why. On the day of the election there was not one poll that suggested that Donald Trump could win. On the day of the election, there was a 95% chance, according to um, uh, various polling outlets, that Hillary Clinton would get to 270 in the Electoral College. Just two weeks prior to the election, Hillary Clinton was polling at 12 points Beyond trump that narrowed in the in the in in the you know following weeks a lot of that had to do with jim comey's letter right but at the but at at no point was trump winning this thing i think his highest mark in a poll was like 44 percent right and maybe she was at 46 so trump had to win virtually the remainder Mm -hmm. across the country to actually get to 270 and he did But Trump didn't know that. Nobody around Trump was sitting there telling him, man, you got this thing locked up. Trump's thinking he's going back to The Apprentice.
1: It's very interesting. I think you're exactly right on all of that. Very enlightening. Jay town former U.S. attorney, always appreciate you coming on, giving us your expertise, not holding back. And I know we'll talk to you about this again in the future.
5: Yeah, you got it, Yaffy.
1: All right, there you go. I mean, I, I'm going to have to react to more of that later on. I do want to tell you about the sponsor real quick, though. Uh, I'm talking about the Huntsville, the Weight Loss Centers of Huntsville. I lost 36 pounds. I lost 30 pounds in a month. You really think I could have done that on my own, just on my own volition? No, no, no. I tried to lose weight in the past, and I needed help, and I needed a program that works but was also safe. You know, ineffective. it's not like taking pills or surgery or something. This program works. That's the main thing you need to know. If you want to lose weight, you want to use something that works, call the Weight Loss Centers of Huntsville and do it today. 256 676 1030. 256 676 1030. You can lose 20 to 30 pounds in a month half a pound to a pound per day. Get your free private weight loss consultation, weightlosshuntsville.com, weightlosshuntsville.com. Do what I did, lose the weight. And when you do, as always, you make sure to tell them Skinny Yaffe sent you. Got the local news update coming up next here on the Yaffe program. News Talk, 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN.
0: It's the Yaffe program on WVNN.
1: time now for our local news update brought to us by our news partners at Way 31 tv uh megan reina is joining us this morning megan how are you this morning Hi, good how are y'all doing doing pretty good pretty good so what is the latest news so as y'all know there was an ef3 tornado that touched
6: down in north madison county the hazel green community saturday morning and following this deadly tornado that claimed the life of one woman some folks in hazel green are now pushing for county leaders to build a storm shelter there there's no storm shelter in the hazel green community specifically they have started a petition online and they're hoping that they can get up to 600 signatures to take it to those county leaders Uh, the nearest shelter when you look it up on this city and county's website is in meridianville So just, you know, considering all the severe weather we've gotten, we're in the middle of severe weather season. Uh, These folks really just pushing to have better ways to protect themselves.
1: Yeah, it's completely understandable because it can get pretty scary (laughs) when you have these tornadoes. So I I could understand that for sure. Um, What other news do you have this morning?
6: We have learned that Madison County prosecutors plan to seek the death penalty for a former Huntsville police officer accused of killing his pregnant girlfriend David McCoy pled not guilty to three counts of capital murder yesterday. He'd been in jail since his arrest in January of last year. Now, according to court records, McCoy and Courtney Sproggins, they were in a long-distance relationship and that she was pregnant with his child when police say that he killed her. So uh, we still don't have an official date for the trial, um, but it could be uh, its expected to be next year.
1: Wow, I'm amazed he pled guilty. That's a, uh, or pled not guilty. Or that's pled
6: a, not not guilty. Yeah, yeah, pled
1: not guilty. That that's in, that's incredible. Um, all right, Megan, really right. A lot
6: of times you'll see them, you know, maybe take a plea deal so they could possibly spare their lives. So yeah.
1: Well, yeah, because they're going to go after the death penalty now, as they as they should, I mm-hmm. think. So for them, for him to plead not guilty is amazing to me. Wow, Megan, really appreciate yeah. you coming on. We'll, we'll talk to you again in the future.
6: Talk to you again. Bye
1: bye. I want to tell you about the sponsor here real quick right now, Regenesis Stem Cell Center. Um, yesterday, I was uh, having to lug stuff upstairs, a lot of stuff upstairs, because the nursery that we're going to have in our house is upstairs, and we got a ton of stuff from Florida, from friends and family and so forth for, for the baby. Well, I had to lug boxes upstairs, carry those upstairs. I'm not going to let my pregnant wife do that. So I did a lot of that yesterday. My back feels fine. There was a time where that would not have been the case, especially my mid back. I used to have major problems with my mid back, lifting anything for any period of time, going up and down stairs, especially. Didn't have that problem yesterday. There's one reason for that it's Regenesis Stem Cell Center. That's because I got their stem cell treatment in my lower back, my mid back in my neck area as well. Regenesis Stem Cell Center. I want you to go to the website, RegenesisStemCell.com. I want you to make an appointment with Dr. Charles Lee today. Um, Let me give you the phone number as well so you can make an appointment. 256-715-8193. 256-715-8193. RegenesisStemCell.com is the website, as I've told you. And when you do, when you get that pain taken care of for good, As always, you make sure to tell them Yaffe sent you. Got another legal expert from the Heritage Foundation joining me next here in the Yaffe program.
0: The Yaffe program on WVNN.
1: You know, one thing we should realize as well when it comes to the Trump arraignment, the Trump indictment, this whole case, it's actually related to what happened in Wisconsin yesterday? So they had an election for the state Supreme Court there. The progressive, very progressive candidates seemed to have won. You also had a very progressive candidate in Chicago in the mayor's race there. It shows you, well, and this is also Alvin Bragg, who was doing the indictment against Trump, is also very progressive, was a Soros-backed, very progressive candidate. This shows you it's all related because progressives are pouring tons of money and time into radically transforming our justice system from the inside out. That's what's happening. Conservatives going to have to wake up to this and make sure they pay attention to those elections as well. They're just as important right now. Talk more about that in a moment. You're listening to the Yaffe program. We always talk faith, culture, politics in Alabama every morning on Newstalk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. Joining me right now to give his legal expertise on the Trump indictment, John Malcolm. He's a legal fellow, senior legal fellow with the Heritage Foundation. John, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it.
7: It's my pleasure. Good to be with you.
1: So, just your general thoughts on the indictment yesterday. The thirty-four counts were released. What what jumped out at you first?
7: Well, there were no surprises here uh, in terms of what we expected. Uh, you know, look, these are these are serious charges, but I think this case is uh, eminently winnable for the former president. So, there are thirty-four counts in this indictment, but they all kind of rise and fall together. So. District Attorney Alvin Bragg also released a statement of fact. And the statement of facts talks about payments that were made to three individuals. One was a doorman who was paid $30,000 because he claimed to have a story about Donald Trump fathering an illegitimate child, which was subsequently determined not to be true. Then there's a hundred and fifty thousand dollar payment, which was made by a publisher friend of Donald Trump's to a former Playboy playmate named Karen McDougal, who claims to have had a, a longstanding affair in two thousand and six with the former president. And then there's the hundred and thirty thousand dollar payment uh, by Michael Cohen, the, the former president's you know former attorney and, and self proclaimed fixer, to pay off this porn actress who goes by Stormy Daniels. The reason I say they all rise and fall together is all thirty four counts relate to invoices that were submitted by Michael Cohen and then ledger entries made when payments were made back to Michael Cohen throughout the course of two thousand and seventeen. So there were there were thirty-four such entries, but they all relate to the hundred and thirty thousand dollars that was paid to Stormy Daniels. If in fact you think that those ended up violating tax laws or, or federal campaign finance laws, you know, then maybe you've got a case, but there are a lot of defenses to those charges, not to mention the fact that this is really, really unusual. So, falsifying a business record is a misdemeanor under New York law. It only becomes a felony if it was done with an intent to defraud by concealing the commission of some other crime. Here, although it's not delineated in the indictment, the crime appears to be federal campaign finance violations. Those uh, charges are normally investigated by the Department of Justice and the Federal Election Commission. They opened an investigation against Donald Trump, investigated those matters, and closed this without charging Donald Trump.
1: Yeah, and you know, you had mentioned
8: there.
1: In the in the actual indictment, it doesn't mention the federal crime that you're you're talking about. Now, Alvin Bragg said, Well, I don't have to do that by New York state law, but you're a constitutional expert. Is it constitutional to, you know, have a crime but not talk about the initial crime which apparently brings this to a felony in the first place? Well, what is a
7: constitutional right is you have to know the charges against you so you can prepare a defense. So I, you have this statement of facts which gives you a little information, but it does not delineate the federal or state crimes that Trump is alleged to have committed, other than you know making a false business business entry to cover it up. I think what's going to happen is that Donald Trump's lawyers are now going to file a motion for what's known as a bill of particulars, and asking a judge to order Bragg to come forward and provide that kind of information, which I think he's going to grant. I mean, I think at some point in the near future. Alvin Bragg is going to have to delineate exactly what state or federal crimes he thinks Donald Trump was trying to cover up with these, business, with these
1: business records. Why didn't he just do that in the first place? I don't know.
7: I was a federal prosecutor for a while. Federal indictments tend to have more information of this sort. My friends who have been state prosecutors say it's not unusual for state indictments to be very bare bones, and that's what this is. Every single one of these charges just says that this false business entry, and it says what the entry was and the date the entry was made, were done, quote, with intent to defraud and intent to commit another crime and aid and conceal the commission thereof without saying what the other crime is. Uh, I I think he's going to have to be forced to divulge that information so that Donald Trump can begin to adequately prepare a defense to these charges.
1: Is there a chance that this just gets dismissed early? that there's a filed motion to dismiss and the judge accepts it or anything like that?
7: I think there's a chance that the case gets dismissed. I don't think it's going to get dismissed early.
1: So the judge,
7: uh, you know, Marchand, is now going to set a schedule for when motions should be filed. One of the motions I'm sure Donald Trump's lawyers are going to file is a motion to get the case transferred to another judge because Donald Trump has already alleged that Judge Marchand is biased against him that his daughter, in fact, you know, works for a company that, or runs a company that does work for the Biden-Harris campaign uh, and that he can't possibly provide a fair trial. So that will be litigated. And then the judge that ultimately gets to sign the case, unless it stays with Judge Marshan, will decide any motion to dismiss. And there are various reasons that Donald Trump can assert as to how these were not federal campaign finance violations.
1: Well, and one thing that was brought up by someone I had earlier on the show. I'm curious your thoughts. You kind of mentioned it. It was Michael Cohen that had the invoice. So he's the one who put it in the bill that it was for legal works, for legal advising or whatever it is. And then Trump paid that invoice. Wouldn't that be more on Michael Cohen falsifying it than Trump falsifying it? Well, if Donald Trump in fact believed
7: that he was paying legal expenses, which is something he might say, and that he only discovered that these were not legal expenses in 2018 when Michael Cohen got into trouble. Then the only person who was being defrauded was Donald Trump. However, what this statement of facts says and what Michael Cohen has said is that before these payments were made, he discussed the matter with Donald Trump and others in the campaign and that Donald Trump knew exactly what these payments were for and that it had nothing to do with legal services
1: okay and then let's say he did know what exactly what they were for couldn't it still be considered legal because it's not illegal to have hush money he did it through his organization which is basically him and he could have had numerous reasons for wanting to do it beyond the election right
7: That is exactly correct. So another thing that Donald Trump could say, so first he could say, I really thought I was paying for legal services. The second thing that he could say is, "Uh, look, I'm a billionaire. Billionaires get sued by people who make false allegations all the time. I was very busy running for president. I didn't want to be bothered with this. And I considered this to be a nuisance payment. Right. The other thing that he could say is, well, yes, I'd had an I'd had an affair with these women, or this is going to be an embarrassing story, whether it's true or not. And I paid this money to spare myself and my family this embarrassment. I would have made these payments, whether I was running for president or not. This has absolutely nothing to do with the election. And by the way, hush money payments, non-disclosure agreements, you can't discuss the facts, are common in high-profile civil uh, cases that are settled, and they are perfectly legal, and that's all that happened here that is something else that he can say
1: yeah it's all it's all it's all very interesting are you are you troubled at all by how progressives are kind of getting into our justice system and having a very radical interpretation of of the law I mean Alvin Bragg's kind of one example but there are other examples around the country of this right
7: oh look I'm very troubled by you know, the, the so-called progressive prosecutors my colleagues and I refer to them as rogue prosecutors who are picking and choosing which laws they're going to enforce. That is not their their, their duty. Uh, and they are often ignoring very serious crimes or downgrading them from felonies to misdemeanors. Alvin Bragg certainly has been credi- credibly accused of that. He is now changing the narrative through this indictment. But there are progressive prosecutors or rogue prosecutors all around the country. And in fact, my, two of my colleagues, Zach Smith and Cully Stimson, have a book coming out on that very subject in a couple of months.
1: Oh, good. I'll I'll have to get them on the show and read about it because yeah, that is I agree. That is a very troubling aspect of this. Is this a case that could end up in the Supreme Court somehow?
7: Oh, I don't know. You know, these are state charges. The Supreme Court doesn't typically get involved. If there are constitutional violations and he's convicted, it could end up in the Supreme Court. The other thing I would I would mention, by the way, because I think it's important, is there are two other investigations still going on against Donald Trump, one of them in Atlanta, Georgia, by the Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis, and the other by the Department of Justice under Special Counsel Jack Smith. Those are, in my opinion, more serious charges. So there may be other shoes to drop that Donald Trump and his lawyers are going to have to deal with.
1: Yeah, I know uh, former Attorney General Bill Barr said, he believes the classified documents case is the most serious, that these other cases are very, very weak. I think the documents case is weak as well, but I'm not I'm not a lawyer. Um John Malcolm, any final thoughts before I let you go?
7: No, look, we're we are off to the races. This is uncharted territory. A former president has never been indicted before. Uh, we've come close a couple of times, but it hasn't happened. It's very unusual for a local district attorney of the opposite political party to charge a president. And I certainly hope that our criminal justice system does not become weaponized in this fashion. No man is above the law. But by the same token, our laws are supposed to be applied equally and apolitically.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm with you 100%. John Malcolm, he's a senior legal fellow with the Heritage Foundation. Really appreciate you coming on the show, giving us this great expertise. And we'll we'll talk to you again in the future.
7: Sounds great. My pleasure.
1: All right, there you go. If you want to react to that, there, there are just so many different aspects to this. Not only the legal side of this, which we've gone through, the political side of this, and just what does this do for the future of the country? Are you fearful for the future of the country like I am? You can tell me in the hot take text line. We'll read some of those in the next segment. 925-494-9866. 925-494-WVNN. Want to tell you about the sponsor here, SoCo Roofing and Restoration. When we had our local news update earlier on in the show, we were talking about storm shelters need to be built in certain areas because we've had tornadoes. We've had some pretty heavy storms this year with a lot of wind. Something I've noticed as I've moved to Athens, just how windy it can get. Well, that wind can damaged your roof? Has it damaged your roof? Do you have a leak or you just noticed some of the shingles have blown off? You really want to get that fixed. You might not need a completely new roof or something. You just need storm damage repairs. And if the insurance company will cover that, well, SoCoR Roofing and Restoration, they'll do those repairs. They'll work with your insurance company. They'll get your house back in great shape. Call them today, 256-663-4061. 256-663-4061. 256-663-4061. They offer 24-7 emergency services. So if you're wondering if you might need some storm damage repairs or a completely new roof, well, they, they give free estimates and inspections, plus they're licensed, bonded, and insured. They've been in Huntsville for years. They're locally owned and operated. 256 256- Six six three four zero six one, providing your family with a safe roof over your head. Soaker roofing and, and restoration, uh, go to the website, Southern experts.com. That's Southern experts.com. When you call them, make sure to tell them Yaffe sent you going to get your reaction to this and much more to talk about on the Yaffe program on new 770 AM 92, 5 FM WVNN. The Yaffe program. New york uh, post their cover is out uh, on the newspaper now the new york post they've been pretty critical of trump recently but they put on the cover trumped up is that it bragg's historic case versus don falls flat it's interesting that maggie haberman from the new york times said the post which has been attacking trump since the midterms chooses him over Bragg on its cover well what they really did was choose the truth uh, you know was it wasn't beyond choosing trump over brag they, they chose the truth over wise i think uh speaking a little bit more about the legal aspects of this i did want to play some cuts i heard um attorney general bill barr talking about this yesterday i think he's i think he's been a pretty good voice of reason on 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 this case at least go ahead and play a cut one of him for me copper
8: prosecution should always involve a measure of discretionary judgment where you weigh the public interest as a whole, and uh, even before I became Attorney General the second time, I said in relation to uh, Mueller's investigation uh, that before we go off uh, on, a, on a president, a sitting president, or a former president, there should be clear evidence of a real crime. It shouldn't shouldn't be a debatable crime. The evidence should be strong, and also this is not just. By virtue of his pr- pr- prior office, but he's a candidate mm. in the current election, so this is a a charging decision that affects our current national politics and judgment there it seems to me and prosecutorial discretion should should uh, commend caution in this circumstance and as i've said, this appears to be just a pathetically weak case that is I think, demonstrably wrong on the law, which explains why the Department of Justice, uh, uh, even after I left office, has never pursued this idea of uh, uh, campaign finance problem.
1: I mean, think about that. The Department of Justice under Biden and Merrick Garland did not pursue this because it is pathetically weak under the law. I mean, that's the best evidence you need. Go on and play a Bill Barr cut, too. This is him Responding on if the judge will just throw this case out. Here
8: it is. No, I mean, I, I mean, hope I hope he exercises his role as a judge and serves as a screening mechanism f- for you know this kind of uh, overreach by a prosecutor. I I'm not optimistic he will, but we'll see. Yeah,
1: I'm not very optimistic he will either. But I, I agree. If we had a justice system that made sense, at least in New York, at least here, the judge would just. Would just throw this out immediately. You know, I I get a lot of people that ask me, what do you think about this politically? Do you think this helps Trump's campaign chances in the primary? Do you think this hurts DeSantis? Should we help DeSantis? And I got to tell you, there's a part of me that doesn't care. (laughs) Like, I do care. We all should care about who's going to be president. And especially what I do for a living, I got to talk about this stuff. But one, it's still early. So much can change. Our, our memories are so short in this country right now. Who knows what's going to happen in two weeks to kind of change people's minds. But in the big scheme of things, this is much bigger than if it helps Trump politically or not. And it really shouldn't weigh one way or the other. You should vote for the candidate you think is best for the party, best for the country. You shouldn't vote for him just because you want revenge on a prosecutor. So that that you know that that kind of talk, I, it's just people want me to like have a yaffy crystal ball and predict the future when it comes to when it comes to uh, if Trump this helps Trump get elected. I, I can be pretty good at predicting the future on some of this stuff sometimes. On this case, I, I don't know. I don't know. Trump. Trump has ruined a lot of crystal balls. I think <laughs> in terms of predicting the future, I, it's, it's it's so hard to tell. It it really is, if we're honest with ourselves. Nobody really knows. So we're going to lighten things up. Coming up next, we got what's trending and my closing thoughts here on the Yaffe Program.
0: It's the Yaffe Program on WVNN.
1: We are back on the Yaffe Program. If you have missed any of the show live, you know how you can listen to it. Check out the podcast anywhere podcasts are available. You can subscribe. You can like it. You can share it with your friends. So much more. Just Google the Yaffe Program podcast. Copper is back today, so that means it's time once again for What's Trending with Copper.
0: Keeping you up to date with all that's trending in your world. They have the internet on computers now.
3: Do you guys know how to post videos to Facebook? It's
1: What's Trending. Sponsored by Coleman Furniture Market. Tell you more about them in just a second. Okay, Copper, what's number five today?
2: You know what the greatest threat to security, national security is? It's not white supremacy. No, 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 no. It's sushi terrorists.
1: <laughs> sushi terrorists?
2: Yes. I uh-huh. am very personally concerned <laughs> about this because sushi is one of my favorite foods.
1: Where is Department of Homeland Security on this?
2: Right? <laughs> well, this is more of an issue in Japan, but I'm sure oh, Americans okay. will will pick up uh-huh. the sushi terrorism yeah. uh, because it is spreading on social media. These kids are going into restaurants and um, eating out of communal bowls, licking the the, um dispensers of soy sauce. Really? No. Putting them back. So so places will have like a communal dish of like sliced ginger huh. and they'll like take the bowl back and like shovel feed off really? the ginger and like film themselves doing it. And they'll they'll grab um off of rotating sushi. Um
1: straight to jail.
2: They'll I grab it, to it by their hands rather than, you know, <laughs> taking it with chopsticks politely. Exactly. <laughs>
8: Actually. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership.
3: This is one of the all-time best pieces of advice ever given on the show.
0: Actor Rain Wilson. The number one thing that psychologists point to with young people of why they are struggling so much in this mental health epidemic is they don't have resilience. So how do you build resilience if you don't understand suffering itself?
8: The Ed My Ledge show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen.
2: A couple kids did get arrested for this.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. What's <laughs> for, the crime?
2: Um, obstructing business and damaging or making uh <laughs> unhygienic
1: uh, throw the book at him. Products, That's what I say. Right? That's what I say. How don't, dare you? Don't
2: mess with my sushi. Man. <laughs>
1: don't mess with my food in but, general.
2: Right? <laughs> but it kind of cracks me up because like, only in Japan would you be like having this I very know, right? strict on the yeah. books rule about oh cleanliness in restaurants. Yeah,
1: that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> if you
2: if you mm. grab the sushi by your hand, you'll get arrested versus you, you must use your utensils yeah. properly. I'm
1: okay, yeah.
2: Probably that's... every mom who who ever had to tell their kid a hundred times to get their elbows off the table whole wishes they could say, or I'll call the police <laughs> on you they'll arrest you for improper table manners.
1: Maybe I will say that to my child. Mm. When she's older, I'll be like, um, get your elbows off the table or I'm calling the Japanese police, they'll arrest you for that.
2: <laughs> they would, though.
1: That's, all right, what's uh, number four?
2: All right, number four: a Guinness World Record for longest mustache. Just guess how how long do you think this mustache is total, like from from both wow. ends counted together.
1: Man, I'm guessing it's gonna be some crazy. Yeah, but I'm gonna say six feet.
2: Oh, okay. That that's a lot longer than it than it is. Oh, okay. Then, I thought Impressive okay. growth. It's only uh-huh. two feet one inch long. But <laughs> that's a foot on foot. each
1: side. A that's foot pretty, on each side. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: and he he waxed it really skinny and stuck it out.
1: Uh, oh, really? Parallel
2: to the ground, <laughs> so it's like sticking straight out oh, from, from his nose. He said he started because his wife told him to stop kissing her after she sh- he shaved his mustache because it was too prickly, so he just decided to stop shaving. And, oh, that's and funny. And <laughs> several years later, he's Be got careful. a two-foot-long
1: mustache. Be careful what you wish for. Exactly. Is that? <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a lot of work, though.
2: Yeah, uh, you'd think that would get in the way. I mean, Although-
1: it's, you, know, you don't shave. Because shavings work. But then having it too long also works. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah.
2: I mean, if you think about it, one foot of like one centimeter thick hair is really not that much work. I've got like two feet of hair here. <laughs> That's true. And you're like, oh. oh like,
1: I'll <laughs> do this. A
2: one foot long thin strand of hair. So much work. <laughs> girls are like, uh, yeah. welcome to my everyday. I don't
1: know how you do it. I mean, my hair is. Too long to me. I just want to have a, like a buzz cut. So I don't have to mess with it, and my wife won't let me. Yep. So I don't know. I don't know how women deal with really long hair. All right, well, but I mean, it, it still looks good. I, I like Steffi's hair long. Right. Her I was that.
2: gonna say, yeah. careful what you wish for. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, what is um, number three?
2: Three. Yes. Uh, another world record. An Egyptian swimmer broke the longest record for swimming while in handcuffs. Oh. I, I, mean, I don't that know why sounds, people, how do people come up with this stuff?
1: Sounds dangerous.
2: Yeah. He he swam over seven miles, while in handcuffs, and it took six hours. <laughs> I
1: don't even think I could swim seven miles, period. Right? <laughs> Especially not with handcuffs. <laughs>
2: I'm just picturing how dumb it would look. He was like, oh, a modified side stroke, which <laughs> it sounds very official, but in reality, he's just flapping his arms around on the side, looking... Mm.
1: I guess if he ever gets put in Alcatraz, you know, and has to right? swim his way out—that's—that's
2: that's what I was wondering. Okay, <laughs> how did this record start? You know, a prisoner who like tries to cross the English Channel and—that's
1: <laughs> how. Hard. That's hard, like oh, a God. lot, a lot of these, you have to ask yourself: How does this yeah. start? <laughs> yeah. What's number two?
2: Number two, a um stolen massive spoon has been found. This was a spoon outside of a Dairy Queen in Phoenix. Apparently, it's the only Dairy Queen in the country that had this massive, like, six-foot-tall red spoon representative of the little red spoons that give you in the ice cream cups. Huh. And someone stole it.
1: The massive spoon? The massive spoon. Really?
2: Yeah, and so there's been this...
1: How? <laughs> right? I have
2: no idea. Oh Video God. footage caught, like, two men carrying it off and, and then, like, in you know, a pickup truck. But still, it looks like it would be really heavy. Huh. Unless it's hollow on the inside or something. But yeah, I mean, I don't know what they were going to do with it. I mean, I mean, it's obviously
1: just some kind of prank or something. Maybe. Uh, I don't think they had like a big bowl of ice cream at home that they just needed the spoon for. So. I mean,
2: if you sell it, if you list it on eBay, it's like, oh, huh, I wonder yeah. where the stolen spoon <laughs> <Right>. is. <laughs> but um, yeah, so there was like a week long uh, hunt for the missing red spoon. And uh, d- the Dairy Queen started, like, printing T-shirts. That, Where's my spoon?
4: <laughs> and they started,
2: uh, people in like- the area started going around wearing these shirts. And a guy finally found it. He was out in the morning playing Pokemon Go and saw it dumped in, uh, right outside a baseball field next to a middle school.
1: Yeah, I just looked up a picture of it.
2: It is huge, isn't it?
1: It's Yeah, it's very big. It's,
2: like, taller than... than- A grown man. It's one of the
1: newer one or one of the newer DQs too, and that guess that's something they're doing. Cool. Yeah,
2: Yeah. and they still haven't caught the culprits though. (laughs) (laughs) Still on the hunt for. Well, apparently to replace the spoon would have cost seven thousand dollars. Oh, so (laughs) (laughs)
1: good thing the
2: spoons back. Well,
1: not only that, but like once they get caught, that could be quite a charge. Yeah, you know, it's not. It's no joke. Right. Yeah, interesting.
2: Well, it was it was an Instagram uh, photo hotspot apparently, and now of course it's just going to be even more popular.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's the whole true. The covered spoon—we got to go is, take pictures. That is with, a good point. The rescued spoon. <laughs> yeah. uh, man, they should play that up. I mean, right? have pictures up in the restaurant about the story and all that stuff. They should definitely play that. What up. A
2: great ad campaign. Yep. <laughs>
1: No, it's because I want Dairy I want Queen right now because we've been talking about it. That's, yeah, yeah I mean, it's a fact. <laughs> what's, what's number one?
2: All right, number one. A five-year-old goes on a massive spending spree on her mom's phone. It spends nearly $4,000 on Amazon. Oh. This is the second time this has happened mm. lately. A, a um, five-year-old boy, I think it was, spent like $2,000 on um, a, a food delivery app buying food from like 10 different restaurants. Oh,
1: yeah. I think and I remember you talking yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah.
2: So watch your kids with your phone, man. They will figure out how to spend your money. Because this little girl, she mm-hmm. was just in the car on the way home. The mom had given her the phone to play like a little kid's game yeah. that she had downloaded mm-hmm. on for her. Turns out she was scrolling through Amazon. <laughs> Apparently she had seen um, some kid in the neighborhood with a bike Um, The day before, and it was too big for her, and she was really sad, and she wanted uh, a bike, and so she she ordered um five pink kid sized dirt bikes.
1: (laughs) One wasn't enough. Got to order five just because you lose one.
2: Five blue (laughs) kid dirt bikes, Uh. (laughs) an electric jeep. She was buying it for her
1: friends. (laughs) Right for a
2: friend, and ten cowgirl boots. (laughs) Ten. Ten. Okay. And they were adult cowboy boots. Cowgirl <laughs> boots though. So she, you know, she needs to how, find the kids. How how old version. is the girl? 5. 5. It's <laughs> pretty close a 5-year-old. At least on Amazon you can like cancel the the order yeah. or like return it when it comes versus the food. It's like, well, what are we supposed to do with this <laughs> now? True. But uh, uh. I'm telling you and the mom was like, "How did she know how to search these terms on Amazon?" But she knew exactly what she wanted. She wanted Calgary boots and she wanted kids-sized dirt hey, bikes, and she her, found though. them.
1: She can, that means she can read and write to a yeah. certain extent at five. That's pretty see, good.
2: See, this is this is how we should be teaching reading and
1: writing. Like, <laughs> okay. Do have you want shop to on buy Amazon. something?
2: Okay, here you go. Or do you <laughs> want to double. watch something on YouTube? Type it into uh, the phone.
1: Well, I mean, in the real lesson, though, is I know a lot of parents, what they'll do, they'll have, like, an extra phone that... It's not really a phone right. anymore. Just like connects to the apps, and so they can't do sure. that. So that's probably what I'll do. I'm I'm having to learn what to do. My, right, my baby's going to be born this year. So I'm well, like, it's oh.
2: crazy how young they figure it out. I These know. videos of toddlers, you can like yep. barely talk, and yet they're scrolling through the phone, and they're like, "How do you know how to do that with the phone?" They're like in the settings, changing the lighting <laughs> system. I'm
1: like, oh, I don't even know how to do that. It it does show how effective of an invention the yeah. smartphone is yeah. that it that humans have just attach themselves to it so much.
2: Well, and how adaptable kids are.
1: Right. That All you have to
2: do is hand them a new system and they figure it out.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Something else I have to think about now is I'm going (laughs) to raise a child soon. Thank you, Copper. Yep. (laughs) What's Trending is sponsored by Coleman Furniture Market. If you go to their Facebook page right now, they posted a video of just kind of a walkthrough of their their showroom. And they had to speed it up a lot because it's huge. But you can just kind of see what I'm talking about. See for yourself on the video just all that they have to offer. It's a great big showroom with lots of great selections. And, you know, as you're walking through there, all that stuff you're seeing in in this video is available for you immediately. So if you go there and you buy it, you can take it home immediately. Or you can get it delivered. They have delivery options to anywhere in the state of Alabama. You'll see for yourself why i got most of my furniture there coleman furniture market it is in the heart of coleman alabama go to the facebook page right now you can see exactly what i'm talking about you can also go to their website colemanfurnituremarket.com and their instagram page as well they always sponsor what's trending because they always have the latest trending in furniture go today make sure to tell them yaffe sent you so my final thoughts here on trump's arraignment that happened yesterday we'll get to that next on the yaffe program
0: You're listening to Yuffie on WVNN.
1: So the other big news item that happened yesterday was what happened in Wisconsin and what also happened in Chicago. Now, Wisconsin, it was a Democratic-backed Milwaukee judge who won a seat on the Wisconsin Supreme Court. Now, this was a big deal. Apparently, progressives poured a ton of money into it. Her name is Janet Prostasiewicz. She, see, I'm reading, what is this? I'm reading off a news site and then an, an ad video pops up and like totally blocks what I'm trying to read. And so fine, I'm not going to that news site anymore. Anyway, this is just an example of what I'm talking about. So in Chicago, we had the same instance where the good news was Mayor Whitefoot was kicked out. But the bad news is they just voted in possibly an even more progressive mayor there and it's like i don't know how that happened in chicago with the the major issues they have in in that city i i just don't even i can't even begin to understand that other than just people are so polarized politically that they get their identity from what they choose politically so no matter what they have to choose something even if it really goes against their self-interest and let's be honest that happens on all sides it's not just something that happens on the left but i bring this up because this is related to the trump arraignment that da alvin bragg campaigned on getting trump our the whole point of our justice system is about process or prosecuting cr- crime going after crime criminals who committed crimes it's not about going after a person And then finding a crime to fit the person, that kind of precedent is obviously, obviously not good. It's obviously not good, but that is kind of, that is kind of where we are as a country right now. And that's, that's what's most disturbing. And some people might ask, okay, how does Alvin Bragg get to this point? How does the DA get to this point where he has to know this case is weak? I mean, we've talked to a couple of different legal experts on the show already. They've said it's weak, but they've also said this prosecutor must not be very smart, must not know what he's doing because some of what was done here just doesn't really make any sense. Now, this prosecutor apparently doesn't have a lot of experience as a prosecutor. He was a defense attorney for a long time, but apparently this guy just doesn't have experience. I think he knows exactly what he's doing, and that's even worse. I'm starting to think he knew. Look. This is kind of a weak case, but I campaigned, I promised I was going to go after Trump and I got to find a way to do it. And the precedent he's probably thinking in his head is what they did with Al Capone. So many of you know the story, but mobster Al Capone, they could not get him on other charges like murder and other things, but they wanted to get him. So they found out he had, you know, been invading his taxes. Now, it's a little bit different because he was evading his taxes in relation to his mob business, and he really was evading his taxes, so it was an actual crime. But the thinking behind that was, okay, we really just want to get this guy because he's dangerous, so we just got to find some crime to get him. And the point I'm making here is that's what they think of Trump. They, in their minds, really believe that Trump is either like an Al Capone figure That he's either Satan, that he's the devil, that he's the next Hitler. If you have been conditioned to believe that about a guy for so long, either by the mainstream media or other members of your party or people in your social group, pop culture, they have been conditioning people for so long to really, really believe that in their minds and hearts about Trump. Of course, you're going to justify this in your head, right? He's the next Hitler. Yeah, I know the case is weak, but I'm stopping the next Hitler. It's worth it to stop the next Hitler that's what they think. And that's why politics has gotten just so crazy. Now, another thing that you should know that just shows the crazy state of our politics today, there were opinion polls that showed that majority of people realized that this was probably politically motivated, but those same polls also showed a majority of people still approved of it. How is that? That is the opposite of what our justice system is supposed to be. So CNN, their poll finds majorities of independents approving of the indictment, 62%, and saying that politics played a major role. 52% said that. Another 24% said it played a minor role. 60% of Democrats believe that politics played at least some role, but those same people still believe, well, then should be indicted. Do you understand now why I really appreciate the Bill of Rights? Do you understand now why I want to protect the Constitution, protect our founding principles, protect the Bill of Rights, protect our justice system? Do you understand? Because even the founders knew that the mob is fickle, that we could have mob rule, that you could have majorities out there that say, well, we don't like a guy, so even if it's politically motivated, let's prosecute the guy. Let's get him. So they put a system in place that was based on individual rights, not just to have majority rule, but to also have individual rights and liberty. That's why those rights are so important. But we got to wake up because now the progressives are taking that over through elections. Now in Wisconsin, and Chicago, New York, other places, and we got to we got to take it back. We got to take it back. And we'll talk more about this this week on the Effie program
0: a Yappy program.
6: Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's What Women Binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. Yay! the hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The
2: primary question I still get asked was, what is it real? (laughs) In 2024, to me is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point.
7: What
6: women binge wherever you listen.